0: Amen, thank you so much for your great singing today. Let's open our Bibles this morning, please, to the book of John, chapter 14. The book of John, chapter 14. The first uh, six verses are always familiar. Jesus is... um, delivering his valedictory address, his farewell address to his disciples. And uh, in John chapter 14, verse 1, the scripture says, "'Let not your heart be troubled. "'You believe in God, believe also in me. "'In my Father's house are many mansions. "'If it were not so, I would have told you. "'I go to prepare a place for you, "'and if I go and prepare a place for you, "'I will come again and receive you to myself, "'that where I am, there you may be also.'" And where I go you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. The title of my message this morning is this, I Will Come Again. On your notes that you have in your, inside your courier Uh, You'll notice there another passage of Scripture in addition to John chapter 14, and it's Daniel chapter 7. Uh, There in the Old Testament, we have a promise of the second coming of Christ too. But I know for many of you who have read these passages, sometimes it's hard hard for you to understand exactly what the second coming of Christ really means. Uh, Does it mean the rapture? Does it mean uh, the uh, uh, event of Jesus coming in the clouds? Uh, And uh, how do you really distinguish between the two of them? Well, you know, the Lord's coming was predicted in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Someone said one time, the golden rule of interpretation is when the plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense. Uh, We want to believe that... uh, the Bible is written literally. And since we have many literal fulfillments of Old Testament prophecies, then when we look at the second coming of Christ, we must believe that those, those uh, prophecies are literal too. I want you to notice with me uh, in verse number two, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And uh, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now, if we stop the sentence right there, uh, we could add this to it. I will come again very soon. And that would refer to the resurrection uh, because it wasn't too many days uh, in advance here that the resurrection was going to take place right around the corner. Uh, We could also understand it and read it like this. I will come again in the person... Of the Holy Spirit, uh, John sixteen seven says, "The Lord, it is advantageous for you that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Comforter will not come to you, the Helper won't come." But here we find, as we continue to read and put this in context, it goes like this: "And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself." Who's he talking about here? He's talking about the church the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, not only is Jesus pretty plain right here, but in Paul's writings, in 1 Thessalonians four thirteen through 18, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 50 through 58, uh, he explains explicitly about the rapture of the church, we call it, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, last week we talked a little bit about the rapture. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye and you know that's always intrigued me it really has and people have always done their little math on that the twinkling of an eye in a flash the greek word is the word atomos from which we get the word atom the rapture will take place in the smallest division of time one atom of time in a flash Every living follower of Christ will be gone. You've heard even me say it from the pulpit that the word rapture is not used in the Bible. Well, it depends on what Bible you're using. If you find a a Latin Bible, and I do have one of them, and I can make out a few words, because Latin, our English has come from Latin and Greek. Uh, But in a Latin Bible, the word rapture is there. And so the English word that comes over into uh, our English Bible, rapture, comes out of Latin. Now, this statement gives us a chance to talk about some prophetic things that we wouldn't normally talk about. The promise came from our Lord as he addressed his disciples in the upper room. I said to you last Sunday that uh, John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 has always attracted me because it's those final words. And you know, oftentimes we put a lot of stress on final words because they're pretty heavy, they're pretty meaty. Uh, And so Jesus here is talking in the upper room to his 11 disciples. Judas has gone to prepare for the betrayal. Peter's heart is in turmoil because Jesus said that Peter was going to deny the Lord and so the Lord said to him let not your heart be troubled Jesus is trying to settle Peter's heart and so Jesus says I'm gonna go away but I'm gonna come back again I'm gonna receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also we also have the prediction of the angels over in Acts chapter 1 remember in the ascension the angels said, Listen, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was just taken up from you into heaven is so coming again in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. And so Jesus said, Listen, I'm coming back. The angels said, Listen, he's coming back. Uh, and so, uh, but when the angels were, were referring to that, they were talking about the Lord coming back to establish his earthly kingdom. And I could say this, it's the second phase of the second coming. I don't want you to be confused, but, but I expect you to be if this is the first time you're hearing about this. Uh, the church has always looked forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, ever since Jesus, those words dropped from the lips of Jesus in John chapter 14, people have kind of looked upward and said, listen, could this be the day that the Lord would come back again? Well, the Jews had it in their heart that Jesus was coming back. And that's why they were so confused whenever Jesus came the first time. Because they were looking at him. They were looking at him uh, for a redeemer. Uh, A time that he would come to earth. The second coming to them meant that the Messiah was coming to the earth. And his kingdom was going to be centered in Jerusalem over regathered Israel, extended to the nations. You know, at the time that Jesus returns to the earth, uh, he's going to take back the earth from the usurper, uh, Satan. Uh, He is going to overthrow the Antichrist that will be ruling the earth during the tribulation period. He's going to defeat the devil, uh, and he's going to be embraced by his people, the same people who uh, looked over his claims the first time. Remember, in John chapter 1, the Bible says, And he came unto his own, and his own received what? Him not. not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the authority to become the children of God. Well, it's going to be different in the second phase of the second coming of Christ. They're going to receive uh, the Lord as their Messiah then. Uh, What is a few differences between the rapture and and the revelation or the second phase of the second coming. Well, first of all, the rapture of the church is to translate and transform the church. Take the church up and change us from the state of sanctification to the state of glorification. Jesus comes in the air to gather his own, to choose to close these churches down that you and I have labored so hard to keep open. I was, Every time I think of this, I think of uh, how much effort through the years it's taken the people of our church to keep this church moving forward, keep it open. Uh, I referred last week to Teddy Wilderman. Teddy helped build the old church over in South Park with his own hands. Uh, Took some old bricks, knocked the mortar off, uh, used bricks, put the church together. And, and, you know, back in those years, people really poured their life into the church. I mean, the church was their thing. They went to church all the time. They spent all their time there. It was their social gathering. It was everything to them. Um, people literally poured their lives into the church. And, uh, and a lot of those people are, are leaving us, and they're going to heaven right now. Well, one of these days, there's a generation, the Bible says, that's going to be taken up uh, via rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. The Bible says uh, that the dead in Christ will be rise rise first and then we who are alive and remain should be caught up together with him in the clouds. The resurrection and the rapture happens at the same time. Uh, the word uh, caught up together is the Greek word harpazo, which means to seize, to capture, to rob. And so the, the Lord is coming back one of these days to seize, his church, to rob the earth of the church. And uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, in the twinkling of an eye in the smallest particle of time, there is going to be this tremendous disappearance of people. The earth will be left to its own devices. The restraining influence of the church is going to be gone. Uh, we, we feel that this is true because the church is not mentioned in Scripture during the tribulation period. Uh, and, uh, whenever the church is gone, I speculated last week that there's going to be a lot of celebration because, uh, whether you know it or not, we make the people, of the world feel very uneasy. You know that whenever you walk in the power of the spirit, uh, there is also with you the conviction of the Holy spirit. And, uh, people are saying, listen, this guy just is always throwing water on our party. Well, one of these days they won't have that to say. And I'm sure that there's going to be uh, a very good reason they give for this tremendous disappearance of people who are saved from the ch- out of the church. Uh, and I think there's going to probably be a little celebration in the office when that happens. Uh, similar to Revelation chapter 11, verse 3, remember the two witnesses there? Many people believe those two witnesses during the tribulation period are going to be Moses and Elijah, and uh, they're going to perform some pretty fancy miracles during the tribulation period and, uh, and uh, they're going to minister for a time and then they're going to be killed and whenever they're killed there's going to be a lot of celebration that they're gone and I just have to think that when the church is gone there's going to be a lot of celebration too life's going to go on on earth uh, after an explanation of this mysterious disappearance uh, but when has always been the question hasn't it? we just had this old pastor he was telling us just a few months ago that the lord was coming again and he messed up again and then he decided to set another date and it didn't work for him then and i don't know where he is now i think he's in hiding uh, people have always had the idea that they could figure out when the return of the lord would would be and i, and I know the lord doesn't want us to know about that because it, it just wouldn't work well. It just wouldn't work well. We're always to be watching for the coming of the Lord. We're always to be on guard. That means that that means that we ought to live each day as though the Lord would come that very day. People have always set dates on the return of the Lord. But, you know, God's timetable is a lot different than, than ours. He, he's not bound by time. You and I are. You know, we look at our watch. I sat down there and watched my watch the whole time. Uh, you see me all the time if you 're up in front, you look at me, I look crazy down there in the front going like this you know i 'm just trying to figure out there 's five more minutes of my preaching time gone <laughs> and then I thought my uh, there 's always an out for me because we just go longer that 's all. we we'll just go longer you know i 'm just you know so uh, but we 're bound by time we 're driven by time aren 't we it 's like it's like it 's crazy, but God isn 't there. Someone was trying to figure out God. And uh, they said, "God, how long is a million years to you?" God said, "A million years is like a second. Then the man said, "How much is a million dollars to you?" God said, "A million dollars is like a penny." The man smiled and said, "Could you spare a penny?" <laughs> God smiled back and he said, "Just, uh, just wait a second. <laughs> you know, we try to figure out God. You know, we put him. It's like, you know, the older I grow in the Lord, it's like. You know, it's preposterous for us to try to figure out God. I hear people having things happen in their family, and they're going to say, oh, I've got to figure this out. Maybe God's going to show me the answer to this. Don't count on that. His thoughts are so transcendent above ours, so beyond uh, our sphere of understanding. God exists outside the dimensions that you and I are caused to live in. Uh, the th- first phase of the second coming of Christ is the rapture. Uh, that could take place at any time. I had this neat little graphic uh, that Mary and Mickett sent me this week. Remember last week I was saying when I was a kid they would talk about the rapture in the church and I didn't want to go because I wanted to get my driver's license? Now that's a real good reason, isn't it? And then I said, listen, Uh, I I think very soon my family is going to take my keys off of me. You know, they're going to take my driver's license away. So Mary Ann, with her creativity, sent me a little graphic over, some of you have seen it on the internet, Uh, it's, there it is, (laughs) holy cow, and and Mary, (laughs) and she was trying to encourage me that I could always take my honey out for a ride. So thank you, Marianne. And that wasn't supposed to be right there in the sermon, either. <laughs> I was supposed to do that first before we read the scriptures, but it just didn't work. So, but Marianne, thanks a lot for your encouragement. You can always take your honey out for a ride, no matter how old you get. You know, um, Jesus is going to... Now, let thank you for... Jesus, one of these days, is going to come back To establish his kingdom on earth. And the the, uh, angels in Acts 1 uh, 9 through 11 said, He's coming with clouds. And clouds uh, are figurative in the Bible of people. Psalm 110, verse 1 says this Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Today, Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of God, and uh, he is uh, waiting to return to set up his kingdom. Matthew twenty four, twenty nine through 30. Let's read this. I know you can't see that in the back, can you? But up in the front you can. Let's read it. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. After the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then, the next verse, let's read this. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The Lord is coming back in power and great glory. I I believe this. The Lord is coming in the rapture secretly to snatch in the twinkling of an eye and the smallest particle of time, the church, out of the world. The the earth then goes into what we call the day of the Lord, the tribulation period. It's a time unparalleled in history. Uh, The earth is going to be left to its own devices and whenever the earth is left to its own devices, it gets worse and worse. And you can read all about it in the book of Revelation. Somebody told me one time, I hate the book of Revelation, it's so scary. Well, if you're a Christian, it won't scare you. If it's a Christian, I, that was actually the first book I ever wanted to read when I started reading the Bible. I wanted to know what the end of the story was about. The end of the story is good for a Christian. It really is. Well... Let's turn to one passage there in Revelation chapter 1, okay? The last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 1. John, the apostle, is on the island of Patmos because he was preaching too much, and so they wanted to close down his ministry. And in verse number 7, uh, he saw something very interesting. Revelation 1, 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every... I will what? See him. Even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Uh, John says the Lord is coming and every eye will see him. Now, I think it would be very easy for the Lord to make sure that every person living on planet earth sees this event. I know you've probably heard it before that with our modern news media, Fox News, CNN, and all the rest of them, uh, that they can uh, get an image to you as fast as it happens anywhere in the world. And so John says, every eye will see him. And uh, they're going to mourn whenever they see him. Uh, Revelation 19 says that the Lord is coming on a white horse. Uh, A white horse uh, was was the kind of horse that a Roman triumphal procession was used uh, when uh, generals went out to fight. Remember his first coming, he came on a a, colt, a beast of humility. In his second coming, he's coming on a white horse, and those who are coming with him are coming on white horses as well. And uh, the Lord is coming back in power, and that's exactly what the nation of Israel has wanted for a long, long time. Uh, every time the nations of the world pose to extinguish the nation of Israel, I look f- uh, for this event to take place right here. Zechariah 12, 8 through 10. Do we have that? Okay, let's read this. In that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem... The one who is feeble among them in that day shall be like David. And the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. It shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Now, now I'll tell you what, we're seeing this all the time, aren't we? All the nations around Israel hate Israel. They want to destroy Israel. And listen, the first chance they get, they'll try it. The first chance they get. But we just so think that we are so close to this event that whenever they come against the nation of Israel from the north, from the east, hordes of people to extinguish, uh, and from the south, the nation of Israel, Jesus is going to come to their defense. And we call that the Battle of Armageddon, the Battle of Armageddon. And we know who's going to win the Battle of Armageddon, don't we? Sure. Uh, Jesus came the first time uh, and, and He came in attendance to a star over Bethlehem. The next time He comes with a scepter in His hand to pick up the rightful rulership Of the earth. Revelation 16, verse 13 through 16 says this And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouth of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. These miracle working demons caused all the rulers of the world, caused all the rulers of the world to gather for battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God Almighty. Take note, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me, who keep their robes ready so they will not need to walk naked and ashamed. And they gathered all the rulers and armies to a place called Armageddon, 60 miles north of Jerusalem. Uh, Whenever the nations began to move against Israel uh, to put the final kibosh, so to speak, on the nation of Israel... The Lord is going to respond, and He's coming to defeat the nations that come against Israel. And He's going to establish peace on earth. There's never going to be peace until Jesus, the Prince of Peace, comes. Now, I know if you were in Israel today and you talk to the people over there and you ask them what they want most, hands down, it's peace. Ever since the day in 1948 that they declared themselves a nation, they've been at war. Every day since that day. They are tired. They are very tired. Uh, uh, Well, one of these days, uh, the Lord is going to come to protect them in a very unique way. Isaiah 2, 4 says, He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. You know, as exciting as it is, do you see why Jesus resisted uh, them making him a king in his earthly ministry? His first coming was mo- is actually more important than his second coming because had Jesus not come in the manner in which he came the first time, Uh, we would still be in our sins. And so Jesus pursued, and he turned down the offer of kingship uh, to rule over the world so that he could die on the cross for your sins and my sins. and So he could pay the price that you and I owed to God for our redemption. Now that's already been taken care of. And all we have to do is embrace Jesus Christ as our Savior and uh, invite him into our life and we can be saved. Uh, the nation of Israel hasn't experienced that as yet, but one of these days they will. They will look upon him whom they have pierced, and they will be be sad because they will see the marks in his body uh, that were perpetrated, that was perpetrated on him when he came. And what a revelation that is going to be for them, how it could have been had they embraced him as their savior. How could it be? Well, the good word is though for today is this, when we embrace Jesus Christ as our savior, uh, it is a, an incredible thing, isn't it? Amen. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. Uh, when a person accepts Jesus as their savior, they don't have to worry about being threatened with heaven. They don't have to worry about not waking up in the morning. Uh, because uh, we are secure in the Lord, right? And not because of anything that we have done, because of what he has done. Let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. His priority was the first coming, and the first coming gave the greatest peace. Now, the nation of Israel wants Jesus to come, and we believe that will be the second coming. And he will bring peace, But you and I have the opportunity to have the greatest peace, and that's the peace in our heart today. One of these days, the world will lay down the implements of war, and what a a tremendous time that will be. But in our own way, there are all sorts of wars take place in our life too. And when Jesus comes into our life, uh, it's amazing how, how much easier it is for us to lay down our implements of war our hatreds and our attitudes that hurt other people. Uh, Jesus came to give us peace, and so I want to invite you today to come to Christ. Um, don't miss out on salvation. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word today and, and how stimulating it is uh, uh, with us living in this, in this curious, strenuous Uh, despicable time in which we live. We pray now that you will uh, pour out your spirit upon our church as we respond to this message in Jesus' name we pray.